TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 530, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, I'm Tom, and I chair communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I live in Hollywood, and I write for YSWU.com. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer uh, and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. All righty, let's start off. Thanks, guys, and let's start off with the news. First and only news that I have is that Julian McMahon will depart FBI's Most Wanted in the next couple of episodes. He decided to pursue further creative interests. Yeah. And, and they're like, sorry to see you leave. And then they said by the end of the season, they're going to introduce the new lead slowly. But So I'm basically just... he's avoiding a lawsuit somewhere. I, I don't understand what happened. Usually somebody <laughs> doesn't... one of the scripts and realized how bad the show was. <laughs> well, he's on season three, so I feel like he's been there for... I think his, I think what it is is his contract is probably like seven years, and he's like, please, for the love of God, get me out of here. They, they usually have... Um, it's usually six years where the network or studio has an option on you, and the seventh is where you can get the big bucks to come back. But yeah, it's... Yeah. You know, CBS is, you've got three FBI's, we've got, do we still have three NC, yeah, we still have three NCIS's. Wow. I mean, that's like, what, a third of their schedule is procedurals <laughs> from the same production teams? Oh, not to include CSI Original Recipes coming back for season two. Sorry, CSI Vegas, we changed the name of the original show, which was set in Las Vegas. <laughs> All right, that's the only news that I have. Tom, I hear you have other news. I have other news. Amazon has announced with a dull roar, The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power is the name of their Lord of the Rings prequel series. Yawn. Yes, they, show, they showed the, uh, the little teaser trailer. Uh, Apple TV Plus has ordered Godzilla and the Titans 2 series from Legendary. Uh, so it's a... It's a spinoff of the Godzilla movie, uh, big screen franchise, which had Kong Skull Island in there. City on Fire adaptation has cast Chase Sui Wonders from Generation um, in the leading role. CBS has finally canceled Bull after six seasons and way too much of Michael Weatherly's misogynist bullcrap. Um, HBO has announced that White Lotus season two will be set in Sicily and they've added F. Murray Abraham. Adam DeMarco, Tom Hollander, and Haley Lou Richardson to the cast. MTV canceled The Hills' New Beginnings. Netflix has missed subscriber goals, which is probably why they jack up their rates. And it also caused their stock to drop bigly. Uh, they finally confirmed there will be a Squid Game Season 2, and they've set a Chicken Run sequel and a, Wallace and, a new Wallace and Gromit film with Ardman Studios. Paramount Plus has announced start, uh, they have picked up Star Trek Discovery for season five, Lower Decks for season three, Strange New Worlds for season two. Picard. Wait, wait, season... wait. When are we getting Strange New Worlds? I'm going to tell you if you let me finish. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> Star Trek. She's just Picard... excited. 
Star Trek Picard season two will dro- uh, episode one will drop on March third. Season three is being shot, but they had to pause because of COVID. Strange New World season one will uh, will premiere on Cinco de Mayo. Don't ask. I don't know why, unless they want. It's the day after May the fourth, so they're stealing Star Wars thunder, kind of. Um, and Josh Jackson will be the male lead of the Fatal Attraction series. And finally, uh, Showtime announced that Yellow, Jacket, Yellow Jackets is the second most streamed series from them after Dexter New Blood. Everybody, nice. people watch Good Dexter girl. New Blood. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, well, Dexter has the brand, but I'm happy. I'm happy for Yellow Jackets. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I just, I literally know no one who watched the New Blood series. So, I feel like we should have watched it. But I heard it was terrible. Actually. I was like... From a few people who did see it, I heard it was awful. <laughs> it's the pandemic. People are just hungry for something. That's it. Um, all right, let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Discovery of Witches, episode three. And uh, this is the episode where Matthew is in New Orleans. And he's trying to negotiate with the remnants of the vampires that he massacred and surprise, surprise, they don't want to talk to him. Uh, you know, and can't then, imagine why. And then Jack is going through his whole, I have the rage thing and I can't control it. Please let me. And I mean, he's trying, but it's only been like a week. So it's not like, you know, <laughs> if he was spontaneously cured, I would call BS. So they at least have him working on it. Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, Tom, what did you think of the episode? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. This is the episode where they go to New Orleans and nothing happens until finally Matthew apologizes for killing a bunch of people. Yawn. Well, the thing is, and they kept building it up. They're like, oh my God, I have such a bad feeling about this. Somebody actually says the line from like the Star Wars movie. Yeah, Yeah, they do. Nothing happens. And then once they make the, because they had made such a big deal about it, when they actually made the agreement, I was like waiting for them to be ambushed or something. Like I was like, seriously, yeah, I was like, is something else going to happen? And the answer to that is no, no, it's not. So, uh, Allison, your thoughts? It's pretty much the same thing. I mean, you guys have already said it. It's it's an episode that like promises a whole lot and delivers a very very little, if anything at all. Really, it felt almost like filler. It's it's yeah, like they, and they didn't even have that many episodes this season. Why do we have a filler episode? It's no, so strange. I know. They could have done six instead of seven and saved some money and boosted. Some well, I, I have a question. Really the, could. The only thing we want to talk about. Number? What? There's seven episodes. Yeah seven episodes Uh, and it just it it seemed silly that that i mean they spent this whole episode and all they do is just talk endlessly about oh you did terrible things to us and we can never forgive you but oh we need you to forgive us because and and it just went on and on and on and oh something terrible is going to happen and nothing ever does it it was just it was it was just kind of tedious Really though was. I will say, uh, it did evoke a weird feeling like, I mean, because I watch other vampire shows like Vampire Diaries and Originals. There's a scene in Originals where Klaus walks into a big room kind of like Wait, that. Is this a big spoiler? I'm watching, I'm, I'm watching these it's shows right now. It's not a spoiler. Okay, all It's right. just he walks into a room and there's a bunch of vampires and it's a very similar tense situation where they hate Klaus because he did something very similar, like killed a bunch of their people. And 
in that one, at least there's some action, you know, like there's actually a big fight. And it pays I, off. Yeah, and it pays off. I was like, whoa, that was great. And so when this, when they set it up and it was very similar, I was like, all right, let's have a vampire fight scene. And no. But I was going to say, I, the, okay, Yusin, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. No, I, I want somebody to just talk about the slight, very small Diana storyline. Oh, well, I mean, I, I, I want to rebut what everyone else is saying here. Uh, I don't disagree that it was a bit of a disappointment, but let's be honest. I mean, exactly. We were all expecting some sort of big vampire fight, and I've seen that like a hundred times. So instead, uh, we did get – I cannot disagree that the the episode on the whole was a bit of you know a filler. And, you know, if the whole – if that storyline would have been like half an episode, you know what I mean, or something – uh, or I mean, I get what you guys are saying about the no big payoff, but I kind of liked that it uh, is it contravened the uh, the uh, expectation it went up against expectations, right? You know, you know, and it, yes, did it pull it off like beautifully? No, but I it was to me anyway not as big of a disappointment because I thought it did give and Matthew Good, the actor who plays Matthew, uh, I thought he did pull off the payoff scene where he you know just um uh, just lists all of the people he killed do you know what i mean and it went on forever so uh, <laughs> instead of, you know and i and i thought my goodness it's like a clown car they just keep coming out but but at the same, at the same time that's what you got instead of the fight so that was a you know a longer scene you know what i mean and you know and i thought he pulled it off you know everybody's names and how they died and how he felt and i thought okay this isn't the most powerful thing in the world but this is we're getting this is what we're getting instead of you know a hackneyed you know vampire fight i don't know what they could have done in a fight that would have been remotely different you know for us to watch so i didn't mind it that well it's much. just that we I, I will say i was kind of disappointed mainly because Matthew doesn't fight very often, you know, right. he Fair. doesn't fight va- vampires very often. So it would have actually been kind of cool. Fair. No, uh, listen, but I don't find that the series is that is that for me anyway. Do you know what I mean? It really never has been, you know, so and you're you've made my point. He doesn't really fight that much. Uh, he's they certainly don't fight in groups. He's gone off and we've seen him, especially I think in episode one, go around and he I don't know if he kills, but he, you know, he attacks people for sure. Uh, he attacked that witch. So uh, for me, it wasn't necess- a necessity, but I do understand why it was kind of, you know, a, a glaring hole for you guys. But it, and I didn't love it. I just didn't hate it as much as you guys make it seem, you know, make it out to be because the series has never been that for me. That being said, I did laugh hilariously because we all talked about, especially Allison, though, about how uh, Alice, Alex. Kingston is the professional tea server now, and um, <laughs> she she, she totally gets the like, tea. Yeah, she like she legit in the episode was like, "All I do is serve tea. I'm out of here." You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "That is hilarious." So, but but she I was listening like, to our podcast clearly. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally. what I was thinking. She was like, that is right. <laughs> I am leaving. This is crap. So. Um, so I, I love that they were self-aware, right? It wasn't like they're unaware. And but and I thought they don't use the demon as much as I, I would like, but I thought that was a nice way. I thought it was really funny because it's like, sure, I'll help you. Let me get your luggage, you know? And then she gets down the stairs and she's like, ah, oh, damn it, I'm not going to be able to leave, you know? Like they knew what she was doing. So um, 
So I thought that wasn't that, that you know that was nice to get him involved. It gave Alex Kingston something to do, try to get, go off in a huff. <laughs> she, she, I don't know. Oh, yeah, it gave her something to do and move her luggage from one room to the other. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, here's what I hope though. For you know, here's what I hope. Uh, the, the one sad thing is she's never been utilized well from the beginning because it's so her personality i think we've all known her is she's you know in the, the roles that she's chosen and i think even in real life she's very like um you know just very um like funny and witty and irreverent and you know what i mean so the energy that she has has had to give out in this entire series is really muted and it's very if i feel like she I, i'm watching her like handcuffed or her hands tied behind her back so the, on the whole not just this episode but the entire series i thought she was actually miscast uh and very much underutilized so i'm hoping that they at least since this is the third season and they're moving us towards the end they give her something to do i mean i don't know maybe she was like look it's a pandemic at least i'm working who cares like i'll just <laughs> show up for my paycheck like I, i'm bored i you know what i mean All i'm right. done doing puzzles <laughs> we're, we're gonna wrap that one up uh thank you guys for that i mean it's interesting that our opinions are not super different but a little different i like it all right, let's uh, talk the next show, which is Superman and Lois. And this was episode two of them being back. And what I, I, I feel like it's the whole fool me once, fool me twice sort of situation, right? Totally. Like, you can't trust that dude that's his brother. Like, he's not, he's not somebody you can trust. And the fact that... Clark is surprised that he betrays them is like, dude, have you been watching your own show? Like <laughs> I, I just, I was just like, wow. And, and you bring your son to be your backup, but he's also your weakness. Uh, it was, I have like, yeah, there was the only thing that I found interesting was the mom and that moment at the end when Clark is like, no, I don't believe you can change, but I hope you can. Like, I would like to be able to use that character other than being locked up in a cell. But yeah, go yeah. ahead. Cal. Tom, go ahead. Yeah. Evil brother. Now, I, I thought it was okay. I, I mean, obviously they're delaying getting us to, are, are they hinting at doomsday? Is that what's yes, under the earth? Yes, pretty much. Powers yes. or whatever. So I, I thought it was okay. Just, just a little step above filler. I did think it was interesting that Jordan did get some licks in against Evil Uncle. So I'm yeah. like, go, go, Jordan. Yeah, he's getting better, and I, I mean, his dad should be training him. Yeah, I thought they should have hidden him. Like, I agree with you, uh, uh, Olivia. Uh, for me, I'll let you finish, Tom. But I just wanted to say because we're talking about it, um, he, if he was going to bring him along, and he knows that he at least has some powers, I would have hidden him and been like, you know, because at least he would have had the benefit of surprise if things went haywire. Do, do you know what I mean? just seemed like a double double mistake anyway go back Tom no I, I yeah you know it was it wasn't the it wasn't the best of episodes it wasn't the worst of episodes um I'm boy for some reason a little of Lana's family goes a long way for me oh my god it's like yeah. run for mayor or don't but good sure. heavens I really kind of don't care I do not care is, I really yeah. like that actor in other things. I don't really... She hasn't won me over on this role. Yeah. And yes, Lana is a tricky part, especially since continuity's been all over the place. Does she know? She doesn't know. Whatever. How could she not know? Good grief. But, um, <laughs> I, 
Yeah, I I thought the stuff with uh, with John and his daughter was kind of interesting. Wait, John, what? John What's... and his. Oh, okay, that John. Okay, I was like, oh, oh, what? oh I didn't. I, I I'm gonna jump in here. Uh, you know, because I'm a huge fan. It made one of my best of lists. I mean, and I I did say you know out loud that I don't know if it's the you know best of the season uh, of the year but just I wanted to kind of give a different perspective because all y'all's shows were on my list um and also for me uh Superman and Lois was such a big surprise and totally came out of left field and one of the things I talked about was how it's a family drama and so you know we are talking about families you know Lana's family Superman's family you know blah 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 but I have to agree uh I don't know why well I mean I do know why a little does go a long way I I I find them way more annoying now, and it's only been two two episodes, whereas last season I was much more patient about letting that all kind of unwind, you know, so we could get to see the characters. And then also because she's the daughter of, of, of the, you know, she's the girlfriend of Jordan, I was like, okay, so it's all kind of, you know, they're all attached. Uh, and, and it was also very much like... Superman's coming back to his hometown so and how is he going to kind of integrate so but so I will say this um, this episode Tom I think you hit it on the head it was better than filler but not by much Uh, and so I'm a little bit disappointed uh, you know because I'm hoping to God they don't do you know it's not a sophomore slump because I really enjoyed season one uh, a lot but I will say this I thought the um, I thought what Superman was going through was like a PTSD and I thought that was a fantastic kind of storyline because you have to think if you are a superhero but you're like sort of human-y right um he has seen and done a lot of stuff right and a lot of stuff has been done to him so i kind of got really excited and i thought wow this is going to be fascinating watching a superhero you know because he's had to kill there's been people he couldn't save and i thought wow that makes a lot of sense that he could have superhero ptsd so i was very kind of interested in that storyline <laughs> no i mean for reals though right it's i know i never thought it was ptsd because they kept showing the creature under the ground so I yeah know, but I, you know but but listen that creature could have you know instigated a form of ptsd or allowed you know what i mean like you know i i was allowing them to kind of do something with it you know and i didn't say it was ptsd superman's I, id monster in other words yeah yeah exactly <laughs> No, they could have figured, you know, right, it could have manifested itself into like an alien or something. I don't know, right? So, but that being said, I will say this. Uh, if it, the score has gotten unbelievably annoying. And to me, that's a tip-off that they don't think that they have the, the, the script or the scenes or the dialogue to carry it off. Because I swear to God, I actually had to turn the volume down on my TV. Because anytime they wanted to tell you, like, this is important and moving, I was like, wow. I was like, I get it. Like, you know, turn it down. So... I just I'll finish by saying that it wasn't a disaster by any means. And it, I, I hope it just doesn't portend that, like, the entire season's going to be like that, because that would be really disappointing for me. It really would be. All right. Allison, your thought real quick. I, I don't have a whole lot to say. It, it's just, you know, I the, the only thing that I will say is that I was kind of rolling my eyes through the entire episode because everything that happened was so telegraphed and so predictable. And I, I mean, it, it was just they 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 essentially went full Berlanti and you never go full Berlanti <laughs> and it it was it was just going for the easy and going for the dumb and the simple minded and uh, in every way it was just irritating me it was like i knew that he was going to let his brother out even though it was the dumbest thing in the world to do because that's you know otherwise they couldn't have a, a plot they couldn't figure out what to do next I, you know, the whole thing with Lana becoming the uh, the candidate, I knew that was going to happen from the last episode. 
it just it just on and on and on. It, it was it was it was kind of tedious. I don't even know it, why we bothered to have that other random guy. Like, why didn't they just start off with show up for like, one 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 and a quarter episodes? Well, I feel like that, that, why did she so, not just do it herself? Like, it doesn't even yeah, make exactly. sense. Like, why exactly. would she not? Why would a person who did so much for the city last season not think she was worthy to run for? mayor it doesn't make sense like it doesn't make it was just no. it, it was just weird. felt like like filler like the for some reason they had to pace it that way that they and they had have to convince her the they game. had to have other people convince her she was capable that was ridiculous which was it was nonsense i mean from the get-go they put they they showed that the guy was not really you know able he, to yeah. rise to the occasion he didn't even know how to answer people's questions and she was answering them for him so i'm like oh She's going to be the candidate, yeah. but they didn't even need to go there because already from the last season, we know the other mayor is terrible. She hated him. She couldn't wait to get rid of him. So of course, yeah, she, why she, she, she should have gone. But let's go. Let's have Tom real quick because we got to move on. Yeah. To to finish what I was going to say, um, <clears throat> I thought it was interesting to pair Natalie with Sarah. Oh right, for, for because, the cars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting how you've got. You've got the you've got the the Kent family unit, and then you have this supporting family unit that share that they share with Lois. So that's just there's going to be a really interesting discussion that they're avoiding when Lois and Natalie have a heart to heart because that would be weird. Yeah, seeing the doppelganger of your dead mother on a on a repeated basis. Last thing, they're doing some subtle retcon about. Uh, Lucy's character in advance of Jenna Dewan. Uh, oh, the sister, right? The sister, because she's doing an arc. So you notice how they're oh. laying in some stuff about that when she comes back. All right. Well, let's let's move on. Uh, next up, I want to talk about uh, Wolf Like Me, and we're going to talk about the first three episodes. And I don't, Tom, you're the one that put us all on this series, and yes. I will have to say you were absolutely correct. I loved it. And because uh, it's technically, I think, put in the uh, basket of a comedy, but it's not really a comedy at all. I didn't find it. It's really a dramedy. Funny. It's, it's, it's really it's yeah. a dark dramedy. It's a dark dramedy. It's got humor in it. It's I think it's funny. I actually think it's funny. It's it's what kept me watching the show, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and I just like the fact that she happens to be like a werewolf, but it's not. But it's a love story. But one of the people in the love story happens to turn into a wolf, you know, when the moon is full. <laughs> but it, that's I more that's more like a circumstantial, like, wrinkle in their relationship than, like, the focus of the story. So I actually thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I wonder if they're actually going to eventually show her in, trans- you know, post-transformation because... yeah. We just get little hints. Yeah, and I don't want cre- and the opening credit sequence. I don't want to see it. Uh, I, 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 let me. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to jump in because I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling. Wait, is this the first time we're talking about it on a podcast? No, yes. Tom. Yes. No, Tom talked well, about we, it. We talked about it. I talked about it a little bit last. Oh, week. Okay. in generalities. Yeah, but this is the first time we're. Yes. Oh, okay. No. Okay, so I, I just couldn't remember if I, I was like, oh, what details have people talked about already? Um, I will say this. The show is so weird. 
it, you know what I mean? Its beats are weird. Like the, you know, is it a comedy? Is it a, you know, dramedy? Is it a, is there, is going to, how much horror is there going to be? Uh, you know, the whole thing with a child commit, trying to commit suicide at like 12, you know, I mean, it's, you know, there's teen angst, there's this, I mean, it, it, there's so much going on. Uh, and uh, I, I really didn't know what to expect. And then obviously it's heavily, you know, fantasy, except like you said, Libya, you know, really well, that it's sort of, sort of an aside. It's sort of like just the thing that might make our dif relationship difficult. That's all, nothing big. I, you know, I eat goats <laughs> and chickens in a basement once a month, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, and she says it so calmly. Well, they're sick already. Well, the goat was a one-off, you know what I mean? She's like, oh, you know, <laughs> What is happening? You know, so I will say this. It took me an episode and a half to decide if I even liked the show because um, it was so different and offbeat and weird. And and the way they addressed, uh, you know, the issue again, not terrible, just so fresh and, and new. Um, I didn't like as I know it's a hard thing for me to get over. But but they won me over is is my point uh, is that the girl, uh, you know, who who was suicidal and, and and they and they kind of lean into the the fact that um that it's because her father, you know, had such a hard time, you know, grieving the loss of his wife, uh, which then sets up the parallel that, uh, you know, she uh, oh, my God. And then I'll let you guys talk. The, for me, okay, here's here's where it pulled me back. I mean, here's where it won me over because I was a little like, um, what? You know, uh, that scene uh, where he gets trapped in the house because he totally stalked her. And like, and I kept thinking like, dude, this is, you don't burst into people's homes and you don't this and that. I mean, that to me was a little bit of plot service. And I thought, well, she had really Yes, but you still don't barge into a stranger, I mean, into your a person's house, you know, and follow them and stuff. So so, so for for me, I thought that was a little bit of a you know maybe she, he follows her, but he could have called out to her at any time. He but does he call out to her. Out. He did. He absolutely he says did. all that stuff. No, no, no. But but my point is like I would have stopped at the door and kept you know like you know calling out to her, being like. Hey, Except that she was running out. away from him the whole time, and it was but weird. When he got to the house. I no, I know, but house. I'm yeah. But anyway, continue. What you tell your yeah, thing. So, so anyway, the scene at the at the dining room table where she is still covered in blood, you know, with messy <laughs> hair, and they they have the most frank but matter of fact and yet super poignant, right? Uh, conversation about she's like dropped the bomb. She's a werewolf that she's eaten. She ate her husband, her beloved husband, an Italian family, poor poor family. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What is happening? You know, and I, I really was waiting for the reveal. I thought, how is she going to tell him? I was like, oh, this is like the best way ever. I was like, I, I was not expecting this. And a jo um, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Josh Gad. Josh, Josh, being such a, you know, a quintessential comedian, you know what I mean? Played those notes perfectly. You know, the shock, the fear, the matter of fact, all of it. So that's when I was like, oh, yeah, this, I'm going to be, I'm into this. So it, it's definitely, I, I thought it started talking right now thinking I was going to say, well, I didn't like, I, I mean, I don't think I still love it as much as you guys because it took me a little time to get into it, but I think it's really inventive and different and weird. And the fact that also she's not just super sweet, she curses a lot and she gets kind of mean and stuff. So she's a really well-formed non, you know, you know, just, I think she's great. I feel like her response to what has happened to her, her reality, if you could say this, is very realistic. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I'm not let, sure let, let, let's just move on. Uh, let, yeah, Allison, yeah. go ahead. Um, I really enjoyed this the series and it's the you know I mean I was a little dubious at the beginning um, more because I 
when when you say Josh Gad, I don't immediately think romantic lead. Um, but I I loved the, actually the way he approaches the character, and he's so believable as this you know frustrated, put upon dad who who really doesn't know what to do with his his daughter who's suffering from all this trauma and who's experienced trauma himself, you know, due to his wife's death from cancer. And, you know, now he's getting involved with this woman who, who turns out to be a werewolf. And what I loved about it was that he, you know, you talk about the conversation at the table, but in most of these shows where you have, you know, something supernatural happen and somebody finds out that someone is a werewolf or a vampire or whatever it is, um, they usually end up accepting it way too fast. Right. And and it just, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm this and that and I've been living for centuries and killing people or whatever it is. And they they just come to an accommodation altogether too quickly. And what I liked about this is that he doesn't. It is yeah. not okay. And especially because he's raising a small child, it is not okay. And it takes it takes them a while before they they actually finally come back together again and it's it's just feels so organic by the time they do it that it's i i really really appreciated that they took that kind of time you know the the whole thing too with her and the italian restaurant when she freaks <laughs> out in there i thought what what is it because of garlic That's yeah oh yeah when she first walks in understand. and she, yeah she backs she runs away in the pilot what we haven't talked about she runs away from him a lot a in lot. the first episode, <laughs> which is really funny. They they sell yeah. that in a really funny way. But yeah. the and thing in the Italian it, restaurant is he he's fixated. He's looking at this Italian family, and she told him, I ate an Italian family. <laughs> that's why he's freaking out. Right. So, yeah, right. it's all it's all good. Like, all of that's great. But we got to wrap this one up. We got to wrap this one up. Uh, we've been on it for 10 minutes. Any other final comments? The episodes are bite-sized chunks. Yes. <laughs> it's very easy to get. I've right. already finished the thing because it's just so so quick to get through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got one. But we, such we, a good series. We got to keep moving. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Bubba Fett, and this was episode four. And uh, this episode looks to be the end of the flashbacks because he has now healed from his bath, and they've been using the healing bath as a way to go into the flashbacks. So if he's never going back in the healing bath, I feel like we're done with the flashbacks. And this episode was a lot of flashback. It really, it basically, it, it's a little confusing unless you realize what they're trying to say is that he spent more time with the Sand People, the Tuscans, than we realized. That he spent like five years with them. So their deaths were that much more devastating um, than I think we all saw because the timelines start to sync up where when he finds Fed is it Fennec? Fennec? Yeah, yeah Fennec. Uh, when Fennec. he finds her, that's season one of The Mandalorian, which is five years after he's in the Sarlacc pit. So that's that's our timeline. And I think that they they now have caught up with the current timeline. So we're like, okay, we're done with flashbacks now. Um, but I did like showing the beginnings of their relationship to see how I don't even know if friendship is the right word, but um, companionship, how that formed. So that was kind of cool. Alliance. Alliance. That's the that's a better word. What do you think, Tom? You know, it, it conforms to the, the rule of the classic Star Trek movies. The even ones are good. <laughs> so far. <laughs> so, ah, that's fantastic. I 
it, it was a good episode, but man, they they did themselves no favors with the structure, and I'm just mm-hmm. I I, I kind of want them to recut it <laughs> <laughs> because kind of like I want them to recut Eternals as a miniseries or as a Disney Plus series because it matters how you present dramatic material, and when you right. have these constant flashbacks and you work up to a pre- you know, a really interesting point in the present day storyline and then spend the next episode in flashback. Yawn. It's just so you I'm lose in. your momentum. Yeah, I'm in. But I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of Favreau's first kind of shaky dude. Yeah. You know, don't mess this up. I, I can't agree with uh, Tom Moore. It's so uneven, uh, you know, uh uh, so uh, this one was better, but I don't think it was as good as the other good episode of the series. Um, I'm not loving it, uh, you know, but I'm not hating it. I, I, I feel like, I, you know, I really thought about this before podcast and I wanted to say something, but I kind of forgot what it was, exactly what I wanted to say. I feel like on the whole, I, I, it's not that this is a money grab, but I feel like it's it's not that interesting enough. And like, uh, you know, it very much, you know, the conversation at the table was very Godfather. I know we talked about, uh, you know, um, uh, 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 Sopranos, you know what I mean? Uh, be- you know, because of the obvious comparison. But this is like straight up, you know, Star Wars tends to be Westerns, you know, and this is just straight up, you know, uh, Godfather, you know, in in the desert, you know what I mean? And, and I don't find any of that fresh or new or interesting. Uh, I know we understand now his motivation of taking everybody down or sorry taking you know the 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 bikers down uh you know i'm just happy that the power rangers you know his his crew of you know you know blue red yellow (laughs) power rangers you know sidekicks disappeared because i legit they're 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 still they're still in his crew they haven't disappeared no no no. i meant not featured in the episode not featured they didn't show up in the episode because i assumed you know you know, he's at the table and they're talking about forces, right? He's talking about getting manpower. Um, and I thought, ugh, I was like, thank God they didn't show up with the Power Rangers because I literally hate that. That's whole next week. People. Yeah. So <laughs> it, 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 you know, the episode could have had them is what I'm saying, easily featured, you know, or had them in there. So I thought, I'm thinking, oh, maybe they just naturally disappeared or they fell into a sandpit or something. I just, I don't care about them at all. I find it weakens the whole thing, you know? Um, I, you know, so that being said, I, of course, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in for the ride. I don't know if, of course, is the right word but um i'm not loving this series and i don't find anything new or fresh brought either to the world or to tv so i mean i'll watch all right allison uh yeah you know i mean i I, this 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 whole thing looks as tom said badly thought out badly paced i was completely confused when they had fennec show up and I realized, okay, they're they're getting the timeline together because they gave no indication of how long he had been with the Sand People. Um, I, I mean, it, it really feels like, oh, he was with them for a few weeks or a few months. At well, I mean, most. I knew it wasn't a few weeks. Yeah, well, I knew I, it was much longer months, than that. At most. They, they, they have zero way of, of telling you how much time has passed until it gets to this episode yeah. and he makes the comment oh when I was stuck in the sand pit all those years ago and it's like what are you talking about there, yeah. there's there's no sense of passage of time and if and that should be crucial so you can get a sense of, of you know his attachment to to the Tuscans and his you know why he cares so much about them um, it's it can't be that he's he's just with them for a few months and then late and and then they die. It's got to be a real investment of time, and you just 
don't get that. Oh, well, um, the, gonna... the other thing, okay. The other thing that that um, bothered me was the bit at the end when they're all sitting at the table and making this big, you know, mafia deal. And I, I mean, I actually like mafia movies when they're done <laughs> well, um, but this is not done well. And you know, at the, at the end, after after the pseudo negotiation that they go through. They're they're saying, um, oh well, you know, it's, so they seem to be happy with the deal, and I'm thinking, well, why wouldn't they be happy with the deal? They don't have to do they anything. Got, they yeah. don't have to do anything. You are literally stuck with doing everything. Yeah, it's a bad and, deal, and they get to benefit from it. Yeah. It's the dumbest deal I've ever heard of in my life. Yeah, and I, it's and yet it's presented to the audience like this is some kind of you know win, and. There, there's just so much about this that feels like this was a first draft script that they did not go over well, we, and and we, try to let's move on i just i don't i don't want to get stuck on this too long next up we're going to talk about peacemaker which is episode four and i still am not watching and i don't plan to keep watching but you guys <laughs> i'm sure enjoyed it you got five minutes what'd you think somebody I enjoyed it. I'm not caught up. I enjoyed it. Basically, Peacemaker and Vigilante are talking about his racist father, and Vigilante decides, I'm going to get myself arrested so I can go in there and and kill him. So, which is a stupid plan, (laughs) because the dad figures it out instantly. But they have, uh, it was very reminiscent of the scene in 48 Hours where Eddie Murphy walks into the redneck bar and says, where are all the white women? So he, he just basic vigilante baits the racist just so he can jack them up. Um, but he is now officially a part of the team and they extract him. Um, uh, meanwhile, Judo Master escapes. And uh, Well, you don't have to tell me everything that happened. I just want to know what you think. of. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, it's not fantastic. It's not. I was fun. like, way to plug the show to get me to come and watch it. No. <laughs> so Adebayo actually shoots Judo Master. So she had some. She had some character development. So and she feel, she feels bad about it. She thinks she's killed him. It's like no, he's still breathing. <laughs> uh, Allison, so. your thoughts? Um, I'm I'm enjoying this show. I I think it's funny. I think the characters that you know they've gone a long way to make uh, Peacemaker a more accessible character. I I'm I'm accepting that he's more dumb than actually malicious. So I think that's that's a step. In that's the right that's but I mean that's character. my opposition to him. I hate how dumb he is. But anyway, well, but sorry. you know he's there's like this core of well-meaning. I think at the bottom, and it's really screwed up because. He has this this horrible literal Nazi father, and his his values have been twisted as a result. But I think the idea with this series is that he's gotten in with a group of people who are who have a more uh, correct sense of of morality, and and so he's his his compass is going to change as as he's going through this. So, it, so you, you think know, it's a it redemption? Works. You think it's a redemption story of I do, sorts? yeah, and I think it wor- I think it works in that sense, and it's it's very funny, and the characters are are working for me. the The vigilante character is the is hilarious, and what's what's impressing me with that is that the guy who who plays it, Adrian Chase, I've seen him in a couple other things before. He was in Bridgerton, and he was also in that disastrously awful 
uh, Time After Time series as H.G. Wells. Oh. And I, I've never found him to be an interesting actor before, but he is absolutely 100% hilarious as Vigilante. He, just he was the suitor on the first season of, uh, of uh, oh, the, the reality show knockoff. Oh, um, yeah. I, I, uh, I unreal. Unreal. Yes, yeah. he was. Adrian Chase is the character's name. Freddie Stroma is the actor's name. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, I got it wrong. Um, uh, but he's he's just he's really funny in this, and I think that the characters all work. And they're, they've they've you know already started introducing little questions about the storyline that the butterflies are maybe not what we think they are altogether. And then they make the a big reveal at the end. There's a huge twist with bum, one bum, of bum. the characters um, where we find out that Mern is actually a butterfly himself. And uh, as you know, it's, it's like all these little things are peppering through that, that for me, at least I'm finding interesting and I find it, you know, to be to be amusing enough to to watch, it's you know maybe not my favorite thing on television, but it's definitely distracting, and I think I think it's it's fun, and stuff happens, and stuff happens. <laughs> stuff happens. All right, happens. all right. Uh, next up, we're gonna wa- we're gonna talk about Ozark, and this is the beginning of season four, and talk the first two episodes. I only finished season two, so I cannot participate in this conversation. Uh, Allison, you want to kick it off since you were so excited about Ozark? Yeah, the this this season is like part one, actually, of of the final season. They're going to tease this out as as long as they possibly can. Apparently, we get uh, I think eight episodes, and then uh, it. it breaks and then I don't know when the second part of this is going to air however the very opening ep- of of this of the uh, episode is showing you what I assume is going to be the very end of the season and it is not a happy ending for the uh, for the bird family whatsoever um and then they flip immediately so so we're kind of like already knowing what what the end is going to be what the coda for all of this is going to be which is kind of depressing but uh, it i'm still in invested in this because from there they immediately flip back to literally moments after the end of of season three where helen has just had her brains blown out literally all over uh the birds and they're they're watching this they're washing her out of their hair. Uh, so they're, they're now trying to make this deal with the big drug lord, who is terrifying, and trying to, to essentially keep surviving. And we find out that his big ask, the thing that he kept them alive for, that he did not blow out their brains in, in hopes that they could do, is that he wants to have them make it possible that he can go back to the states again they he wants his his criminal record essentially to be erased or forgiven and uh have the fbi okay with him going back and forth from columbia to the states and essentially be a free man and they tell him this is completely impossible and he doesn't want to hear it and they realize this is this is what their survival and survival of their whole family depends upon 
Um, so all of this together, you know, you just see the, the, the tension just ratcheting up more and more and more and the characters kind of devolving as, as they have to, to survive. They, they are changing into different people. We saw that really with the last series with Wendy um, I think the, the death of her brother really was a linchpin for her because she is not the same person who she was when she started this series. And we watch her really disintegrate in real time. And it's, it's kind of, it's fascinating to watch, but it's also tragic to watch. And everything about the series so far is just, is just as fantastic as it ever was. I, I'm loving this season and, and I don't know how much, you want me to talk about beyond the first no, episode? No, that's that's fine. Uh, okay, I was so just wondering. But I, any... I would recommend going, you know, watching it because it's great. I I was just wondering, has anybody else seen it other than you? I thought Tom had seen it, but it doesn't seem like that is true. So uh, you're alone, Allison. I'm sorry. I got to catch up. I, I I mean, I really like the first two seasons, and I cannot tell you exactly why I did not watch season three. Uh, it just kind of fell through. Uh, so uh. it's it's a it's a it's an absolutely amazing series. Oh, I, I'm not doubting you it. at all. I'm not doubting yeah. you at all. All but right, I I would recommend watching. I would say you know, spend the time to to get caught up. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Young Sheldon. And what I loved about this episode is Sheldon gets to go to his first Star Trek convention, <laughs> <laughs> and they. Uh, basically show him going around to everybody in town trying to find somebody who will chaperone him to the convention because it's a four-hour bus ride to wherever i forgot where he was somewhere in texas texarkana yeah there you go and he can't find anybody who will who wants to spend their whole weekend hanging out with a bunch of nerds um and i i do love that at the end of the day he just kind of comes to the decision, like, I'm going to college. I'm old enough to do that. I should be old enough to get on a bus and go and do something I want to do for my spring break. So I found that very amusing. The um, They gave a shout-out to David Gerald, who wrote the Trouble with Tribbles episode and had uh, a time-accurate picture of him on the uh, promo poster for the Comic-Con. Oh, the convention, yeah. And then when he gets on the bus, he's in full Spock regalia. That was great. Years, and then one of his one of one of his adult friends in town is the Next Generation guy. So they start fighting about that on the bus. Oh, and then the <laughs> and poor was... guy from Lost in Space—they just diss him through the whole thing. Oh, by the way, the the actor—he was one of the um, Sheldon's teachers in high school. But the guy who played—he's he's costumed as Doctor Smith from Classic Do- Lost in Space. Nailed the costume, nailed the voice. So oh, yeah, he did both. Was, yeah, he was great. That, that that was fun. Yeah. But uh, I think Sheldon was... Sheldon actually had, <laughs> makes the argument that Shatner's a better actor than Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. But what was great, too, was they were doing the commercials for the con. They, like, had all this footage of William Shatner. And then when the commercial's <laughs> over, William Shatner will not be appearing in this convention. Like, they said it, like, really <laughs> fast at the bottom. Um, but, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. And I have to say the only negative is that 
the storyline is going on with the adults, which is both of the parents are on the verge of infidelity, is the most unsatisfactory or I don't care. This there you go. That's the word I'm looking for. I don't like it. I don't care about it. The show is called Young Sheldon. Why am I going to watch his parents go sleep with other people? Like it, well, it messes up the family dynamic and it doesn't add anything. The, the problem is that we know from Big Bang Theory that Sheldon's dad did have an affair. And then we also know that he passes when Sheldon's like 14. So that's kind of like a ticking clock that they're eventually heading toward. And also, you can only work young actors X amount of time. So they have to focus on the adults. For... I know, but I just find both parents about to have an affair at the same time just feels a little ridiculous. And especially in this time period and how religious and just all just all the stuff that they've set up for the characters, it doesn't fit with who the characters are that they've shown us. So it feels very forced to me. That's all. Well, the, the thing the thing with the mom is she has she's attracted to the youth pastor, but I don't think she'd ever act on that. Whereas the dad, we know from what we've been told is going to happen in the you know original series that there is something that's going to happen. Yeah, but I, I don't know if I care. Like, we could be like, oh, I had that affair. You know, I don't need to see all the details leading up to it. That's all I'm saying. It's, yeah. not, it's not adding any value to the show for me. It's, it's interesting. There was one TV website that predicted that they were going to retcon that happening, the, the, the dad's affair happening, that they would just erase all that stuff they showed last season. It's like, nah, dog, that's what they just did. Well, I, I don't. I feel like that's a mistake just showing it. I don't, not necessarily that he had an affair. Like I said, I don't care. Um, but the stuff with Sheldon was actually really good. I really liked it. Alright, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Abbott Elementary, and that's a new comedy on ABC? Is that right? ABC. And it's actually funny. It is actually funny. What's cool... Take notes, of... NBC. <laughs> What's cool about it is we come in on the the perspective of a teacher who's been teaching at public schools for one year. And so this is her second year there. And she still has all this enthusiasm about her teaching and about the school and the students. And then you have these old teachers who've been there for like 20 years who are just over it. Um, (laughs) And watching that contrast and watching, oh, and the principal's terrible. She's like a black female Michael Scott. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know who's Michael Scott. From The Office. Oh, thank you, because I did not watch Completely that Completely self-centered, says inappropriate things. Oh, yeah, and then they, they do all this work to get this money for the school, and she she wasted on a picture of herself on the side of the school. Like, come on. Oh, Peter, you, I know you saw this. What did you think? Did you talk about the latest episode? or No, um... no, just the beginning. The beginning yeah, episode. Yeah, it's good. I really, I really love the... I think you told me that the uh, lead character is actually she's the showrunner. Correct. Yep, it so says it on the credits. That's how I figured it out. I think she's <laughs> I think she's really terrific, and I really like. It's a weird thing because it's like I'm sure. I mean, maybe I'm 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 just forgetting, but the kind of character she's playing is the kind of character I guess we don't usually get to see. Um, I guess a young black act- person of color, uh, I would say, actually not even just black, but even Asian and stuff, gets to play. Like she just, she has a very affable quality. Like you said, she's 
you know, she really wants to still have that energy and be optimistic, even though the system is obviously letting her down. And I just find her so charming and stuff. Um, and yeah, the principal is great because she's so terrible. And then <laughs> there's also an older teacher. And I know we've seen that actress. Sarah, Sarah, Lee, Sarah Lee Ralph. Yeah, she's, she's been great. in everything. She's great. Um, I she's just, the president yeah. on, uh, on the witch show on uh, Freeform. Oh! Wait, wait. Wait, wait, she's who? She's on Motherland. She's the president. She's the president. Oh, Motherland yeah. Fort Salem. That's who she is. Yes. Um, but I really enjoy it. I mean, there have been, I want to say there's like maybe three new comedies. Um, and I, I, I definitely think this is probably the most consistent of the new shows that I've seen. It's like this, Pivot. I want to say there's something else I'm forgetting. Um, but I like it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely like, it's the kind of show that like, if it, if it had been not a network show, if it was a Hulu show and they just dropped the whole season, I probably would have watched the whole thing by now. So I, I will say that, you know, I've always, I think Tom also is like this. I like the office. I like parks and recreation. So this kind of um, humor where they're supposedly filming them and they do little interviews and stuff. And like, there's those awkward pauses. I know it's been over, you know, what, 10, 15 years that we've had this kind of comedy, uh, but it still really works for me if it's done well, as right. it does here. I know, Libya, you just, you don't think it's super funny. I don't think it's supposed to be a show that's, it's not really supposed to be a gut-busting show. It's not supposed to be like that kind of comedy, but I think the comedy works. So yeah, I, I thumbs up for me. And prepare to feel old because Tyler James Williams plays the new long-term sub and he was the lead in Everybody Hates Chris. Yep, and now he's all grown up. And the principal <laughs> is is thirsting after him, which yes, is wait, really wait, disturbing. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, talk about, wait. You're talking about there's a kid from Everybody Loves Kiss as one of the students? No. Everybody Loves Chris is the, is the, is the substitute Chris. teacher. Chris from Everybody Loves Chris is the substitute teacher. On Everybody the hates Chris. Everybody oh, hates Chris. Oh, the one who, uh, decide, who, who, keep, who has really fake, terrible paint terrible posters in his his yes 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 oh that's oh wow how old is that guy wow that is weird uh i didn't make that connection so it's uh uh that's i enjoy it it's not my favorite i don't mind watching it but i watched like three in a row and i was like okay i'm done like i I felt like I i had enough of it um but yeah it's it is good it is good and funny i just it's not it's not on my top echelon of comedies. You got to be really good for me to be like, oh my God, I got to watch you. So it's okay. It's okay. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about Archive 81, which we all like discovered last night. <laughs> Thanks to Peter. Peter, since this was your brainchild, you lead us off. What did you think? We, we're going to talk the first two episodes, but what did you think about the first one? I, yeah, I've only seen the first one because I was so creeped out that I... <laughs> what? You're the horror guy! And I was like, oh, I was like, I, that is, that's enough for me right now. Like, um, I, um, When I had heard about this, because it's on Netflix and, and I heard it was like number one, I assumed it was another true crime because I saw the clip of like hands and a videotape and I was like, I don't care about this. Like, uh, But then, I don't know, it was AV Club or somebody, I saw some review and I was like, oh wait, it's scripted. I was like, it's a story. And I was like, okay, I'll check this out. And uh, yeah, I really, I think it's, uh, I mean, it's it's well shot, very well acted. And it's, I know, I'm not quite sure what category we'd put this in, even though I'm saying how much it it's, like freaked me it's out. It's sort of horror. It's not, 
there, there's a mystery to the show, which is that each tape, it seems like, is going to reveal it looks like it's either a supernatural element or maybe even aliens. And I wouldn't say that that's what scared me about it, because I've seen plenty of things where you're looking at found footage and then there's something in the background or whatever. Like, And it's 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 still very effective. But the main thing is that the character has been brought to this very isolated place where there's only a landline. He has to, like, really rummage in the forest to find a place to call a friend of his. And the feeling of isolation and the fact that he is most likely very much being watched by one or more people, that's what really got under my skin. That's what I thought was so effective um, about the show. Now, again, I've only seen the pilot Libya, you've seen at least two episodes. I think I've it's I think it's an eight an eight episode. I do not know if it's a limited series or if it's a hit. It becomes a season two thing. That I'm not sure. It says but season I, one on Netflix, which means nothing. <laughs> right, but I, but yeah. So I I can stop there. I think it's I think it's really really pretty effective. It's it's got a good engaging mystery, and it really it gives me a sense of unease for the character. I I will say the cool thing that for the most part they kept up with, which is whenever she has the camera, uh, we we can flip between watching the footage that's coming through her camera and watching her like on a TV show. So we can do that as long as her camera is on. And for the most part, they kept to that except for a couple of points where they, she didn't, she was like asleep and, and we're watching. I was like, well, that feels weird. It feels like they're breaking their own convention. And I didn't like that. Uh, but it was kind of like, she wakes up, she's startled. And the first thing she does is grab the camera and turn it on. So I'm like, I guess, but it's just, it's, I don't know. Some of that, like, it felt like the rules are if she has the camera rolling, we can see what's going on. And I did, I did, I was thrown off by them breaking that their own, like, kind of rules there. But I want to know in the second episode, he's like totally freaked. Like, it's even creepier than the first one. So the second mm-hmm. one is even more disturbing because he sees that figure in red. And then when you finally see who it is, you're like, holy crap. And he's running down the hall chasing the person. And then he sees somebody else and he, and he sees the woman from the videotape like in the hallway. But then when he gets to the door, it's like the door to her apartment and he knocks. But then later she hears a knock on the footage and she's like, oh, nobody was there. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what is happening? Uh, so they just made the mystery even bigger and more intricate and more like very more disturbing if possible. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of a time travel. Yeah. yeah or or, or different that. dimensions or like she's like in a after, pocket dimension after, after or something. Dark, there are no rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I think it's a combination of the two because uh, the little girl, Jess, and she's marvelous, by the way. Oh, yeah. That actress is really um, good. She's she's really fantastic. Um, but she, she does ask her the question all of a sudden, you know, do you believe in, in other worlds? Yes. So I think that there is like some, they're, they're getting to the area of like multi-dimensions and, and I think possibly time travel along with that too, because they make a point of saying, you know, his, his family died in a fire, but no one ever found any bodies. And so when we see, you know, the, the figure in red and discover that it's his father, was walking around and i love that whole sequence because it's so perfectly described dream logic 
Right. You know, he wakes up. He's in he's in a known environment. We think that he actually woke up from a dream and then he starts following his father. But there's like no sense of urgency. He just wanders after him. And then suddenly you realize that the hallway isn't the hallway of the right. facility he's in. It's the hotel. Right. And 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 yet he doesn't react to it. You're you're not supposed to you know have a big revelation. The music doesn't swell. It's just there he is, you know. And he knocks on the door and he and he sees her there. And the I think again the creepiest part is that this is part of his dream and he wakes up from that later. But then when we go into the past, it's part of her waking reality. She right. hears a knock on a door, opens it up, and there's nobody there. Correct. Mm-hmm. So. I I love the way they're just kind of, you know, trickling in this little little bit of information by little bit of information and and letting us know, you know, what happened and letting us piece together other stuff. Um just yeah, it's it's intensely creepy and it's all it's also got the whole thing with the weird cult. Oh uh, yeah, that cult. Holy on. crap. That, that what is going on? Well, like, with the breathing awful. and everything. I was like, how are they breathing in sync? What is going on? But that then did you notice that the old woman with the red hair was not doing whatever everybody else was doing? Like no. what does that mean? Like, oh my goodness. It was a lot. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. I, I will say too that his his friend, um from his his radio drama friend. His, his podcaster friend or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking at him and thinking, I that guy's so familiar. Or how to get away with Mark how to get, How away, to get with away with murder. murder. He was Asher. Yeah. And, and, and Orange while to realize that was him. Yeah. So, uh, so far, this is amazing. And I'm definitely going to keep going. And adding to the creep factor is knowing, and we were told multiple times, that um, our lead has had some psychological issues in the past. Well, they always do that to make you doubt. Yeah. The, but I'm like, doubt. So, yeah. hey, you've had some issues. So let's put you in this remote place where somebody's spying <laughs> on you in the landline. The cell service is terrible. There's and we're going to give you this. Evidently. We're going to give you this bracelet that you can hit it. You know, whenever you have a mental issue, like what? <laughs> come on, what could go wrong? Yeah. And has Martin Donovan ever played a good guy? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then it was so, cause he breaks through that wall and that dude mm-hmm. shows up. So fast, so fast. Yeah, I was like, well, "Oh, we see, they're watching." We see why? Because yeah, yeah, we know. Yes, we as the audience why. know. But I feel like he tipped his hand to the dude, uh, the star, because he's like, "Well, you got here in five minutes for me breaking through that wall. You must be watching me." So th- I feel like they tipped their hand there. Yes, and not from a very remote location. I right. nope. Right. So that was crazy. Anyway, so. Thumbs up. This show is great. I'm really enjoying it. I'm uh, excited to start it. It's very good. All right. Cool. If you guys have any questions or comments, you can send them to tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook, sci-fi.radio, Weenopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye-bye.